Hello, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, Westlake, all about the sermons we hear each and every week. I am your host, Nathan Story, and joining me again this week are Cesar Guerrero and Aaron Gibson. Hey, guys. Hey, Nathan. Hi. Uh, so we are in a series right now called Back to Life. Back to Oh, don't want to get the copyright strike. Yeah. You can't say anything. Um, and this week we heard from Aaron about Up, right? Up. About not uh, the Disney movie. Not the not Disney, Disney movie. movie. No, no. But that's a good one. But about connecting with God in an up manner. Yeah. So we're going to start and talk about that particular message. Uh, continuing to talk about the story of Nehemiah, mm-hmm. character from from Scripture, right? Um, okay. Quick question. We're, we're rabbit trailing already. Okay. I, I feel weird because as believers, I think a lot of us believe that people in scripture are real people is it weird to call them characters is that imply uh, that they're not real people uh, interesting. when I say character I, I feel like oh wait am I saying that this is not a real person what yeah. I you know yeah. that's a good question your thoughts discuss what if, what if they're both <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay what if so they could real be both people and real characters <laughs> yes. I mean isn't that kind of the whole idea of the scriptures I think so I mean, we're seeing that real people can be characters in God's Story. Oh, oh All right. snap. All right, Wait, thanks for... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Truth bomb. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, sorry for that uh, that tangent. That's just the kind of day it's been, I think. It it's, fun. Like that, it's fun. It's yeah. um, fun. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. Let's talk about the character slash real person of Nehemiah and what he uh, he experienced this week as we, we told his story. Aaron, tell us about the process for uh, for creating this message for us. Well, yeah, you know, we we said a little bit of, of this last week, so I'll try not to rehash too much of that. But you know, we we know that this season is you know there's a lot of talk about getting back to normal, and um, we're just that's not happening anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> so we said, how, is it possible, even though we're not getting back to normal, is there a way that we can get back to life? And then that mm-hmm. led us to say, well, what kind of life does God really call us to? And um, and so the story of Nehemiah really is a great one for us because he's trying to figure out how do I get back to a God-centered kind of life hmm. in the midst of challenging circumstances. And so, um, you know, at, at, at Lake Forest, uh, we, we talk about kind of these, these three components or three general movements in the life of a Jesus follower. Uh, and I tried to touch on those a little bit on Sunday, but we, the, those three movements are up in and out up is that that we're to have a uh, do the with God life we're to have a transformative relationship with Jesus the in is that we're to do life with each other that's the Christian life isn't meant to be done alone but with other brothers and sisters and then the out that we're to be uh, using the gifts and talents resources time that God's given us to make a difference to do good in his world and so those three things encapsulate a single picture of what it means to be a Christian. And so we're kind of mashing that up with Nehemiah a little bit. I, I, you know, I think it's fair. I think we see these things in Nehemiah. Uh, but this last Sunday I was trying to draw out how, what does Nehemiah have to teach us about the up, the with God life? Hmm. Well, why don't you answer that question? What, what does Ooh. Nehemiah have to tell oh, us about the up? Was that too much at, at, right at the start? No, I don't in? think so. No, it's good. Uh, yeah, you know, I think... Uh, the, the backstory on this is so, so fun and, and nerdy. Um, you know, we don't, there's a lot that we, we know about Nehemiah, there's, and then there's a lot that's kind of speculative. So we, we think 
that Nehemiah probably was born in Babylon. And the reason why that's interesting is because, you know, imagine your, your whole identity and, and your, who you think of yourself as a, as a person, in, in Nehemiah's case, as, as a Jew, as a part of God's people. Um, he's heard all these stories about the homeland and Jerusalem and the glory days when you know, Solomon's temple and just all this beauty. And, and, and yet, he's never actually tasted any of that himself. He's, he's been born and raised in captivity. And here he is uh, working for the king, the, the oppressor, by the way. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's working for the enemy. For the enemy, yeah. I mean, just, just to be clear. And, um, and, and this is a common story in the Bible. I, we, we, we know this, right? We've seen this with Joseph, with Pharaoh. We've seen this with Daniel, with Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, this is a common trope yeah. over and over again. And we talked last week how the, the common theme in the Bible is that God always wants to show that whoever the world thinks is the most powerful person, he's actually greater. Yeah. Not God's actually greater. Yeah. And he's got this. Right. And that's what we see in Nehemiah's story. So Nehemiah says, hey, I, his brother comes back from Jerusalem. He's like, man, the city's in ruins. And Jerusalem, what I tried to draw this week a little bit is just how symbolic Jerusalem is mm. for the spiritual life of, of God's people. Yeah. Yeah, I was just noticing that in your, your manuscript, that that place becoming the symbol of, of life with God. And I, was, I immediately asked myself, what what are those symbols for us uh, today? What, what symbols do we think of when we think about our life with God or our life of faith? And, um, you know, I... I in mind, I worked for three years uh, in college at a Christian bookstore, and my mind automatically goes to all that that stuff, you know, yeah. the kind of almost the kitschy stuff we would call it now. I think the crosses and and flowery live, laugh, love stuff and everything. But what mm-hmm. you know, I, that's just interesting the to CDs. me that the CD, yeah, CDs. just the CDs. Remember CDs? Like, yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Is there, is there anything? Is there an equivalent to that in our day and age, at the level that this would have been for those of the time that Jerusalem was a holy city? Not really, right? Not really. I can't yeah. think of anything that has quite that same weight. Yeah. Um, so much so that you know, actually, the New Testament writers pick up on this, um, particularly Paul, but but also uh, John. Uh, the, the youngest disciple, John, when he writes his um, his revelation, his apocalypse, which is just what that word means to reveal, and when he writes about, it, he talks again about this this city, right? Yeah. This new Jerusalem. Yeah. And he's not employing a physical truth. He's employing this symbolic Jerusalem. What does that city represent? Well, the new Jerusalem for John represents everything about God's world the way it should be. Yeah. The way he intended to be, and the way that it will be when he comes back to to renew everything and right every wrong. And, yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's so, for John, that new Jerusalem is so vibrant and glorious. He, he, he describes the streets being made of gold. You know, like yeah. it's almost like yeah, in his yeah. vision, it's so great. The only thing he can think of to describe it is, well, it's like the streets were made of gold, you know? It's yeah. Like, pretty provocative. Yeah, well, that's so funny you went that direction, Aaron, because I was thinking that very thing so much in thinking that way about, you know, Jerusalem being a holy place, and then today we don't have an equivalent. That's, we kind of see that transformation a lot 
in the Bible from Old Testament to even the words of Jesus in the New Testament, thinking about, well, where is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is here with you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not necessarily all about this one place, but it's it's in your midst and in in your personal life. It, it goes from this almost a grand scale, unapproachable faith, if I could say that, yeah. to a very personal, communal faith. You see that in the early church. Yeah, so that, what well, else? I mean, that's what, you're tapping into the very thing I wish, I, 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 I wish we had had more time to explore because Jer- there's nothing special about Jerusalem if God isn't dwelling in it. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's kind of the point here. Yeah. And so then, Nehemiah's like, we've got to get Jerusalem back to where God God will want to dwell in it again because mm. it's God dwelling in it that makes it powerful. Uh, and then, so then, when Jesus comes, I mean, you got to imagine this. We just described how unmatched Jerusalem was and the temple for yeah. the Jews, right? Yeah. Okay, now, now imagine you're one of those religious guys. You work for the temple or you've been going to the temple your whole life. And then this Jesus guy shows up and he <laughs> says, I'm going to tear that thing down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you're like, what? Yeah. Right? It's Babylon. Babylon's here. Oh, wow. I mean, that's how provocative that statement was. Yeah. And and so then Jesus says this thing. He says, but but don't worry. Something greater than the temple is here. Yeah. And, he's, and John says he was referring to himself. Yeah. Ooh. Which is crazy. It must be crazy even for John, you know, growing up a Jew, right, to even say that. It's like. Yeah. You got your whole story. I mean, we talked about that, you know, the characters and stories, but he's been reading the Jewish scriptures his mm. whole life. And for and to put your trust in someone who says, hey, I'm better than that or I'm greater than that, is, that's a world view replacing kind of thing. It doesn't just add on to the Old Testament. It's almost replacing it, which is, it is provocative, mm. big time. Mm. Yeah. I'm struck, too, about the language around needing to rebuild in order to become a hospitable place for God. And I, I think often how we take that approach in ourselves, how we feel, even to the point where we feel like we need to fix a few things about mm, us before yeah. God can actually be in our midst. And in fact, I think we would believe the opposite to be true, that that God can be, God will take the broken vessel, right? Yeah. And, and use so it. Yeah. I never thought yeah. of it that way. I never thought of... Um, I've always thought of that 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 fear that you need to be prepped for God, right? Like yeah. Get ready for God. I always saw it as a I saw it as a liability for the longest time. Huh. So you just said that. Yeah. It, it 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 probably comes out of a genuine place of you understand maybe how good God is and you want to you know be ready for Him. Hmm. Like 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 if someone yeah. know, is inviting a guest over and they want to clean their house. Well, actually, yeah. Not it's... because they they're scared this person's going to think that they're dirty, but like you want to. You genuinely want to put your best foot forward and well, it's, welcome somebody. It's in. Mary and Martha, mm, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Mary and Martha. It's and I always mix up who's who. Well, Martha's overworking uh, in okay. that moment. Yeah. Okay. Ma- yeah, Martha is the one that's going about cleaning the house when, in fact, her guest is already there. Yeah. You know, and then Mary's like actually just sitting down, right. almost to drop what you're doing. Like Jesus is here. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, this is very yeah. much on point for the with God life, right? So yeah. part of what we're exploring is, look, there probably are some things we can do to help um, make room for God right. in mm. our lives. Right. Uh, or, or maybe maybe a better way of framing it would be to say there are things we can do 
that can help us become aware that God's with us right now and wants to connect with us, right? That he's wanting to come into our living room and hang out, even if the living room isn't picked up, metaphorically <laughs> mm. <laughs> speaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that. There's a little bit of tension there. Yeah, be- sure. Because we don't we don't get God to come by doing things for Him or performing. Right, for him. right. And yet He He doesn't force Himself into our world. Hmm. He kind of waits. He waits for us to invite Him into those spaces. Yeah. Well, Aaron, you talked about four ways we could make room in our life. Why don't we Why don't we talk about those now were these in order of importance or uh, did you have Ooh, a, that's a yeah. tricky question yeah so you won't believe number three yeah, that's right that's right, <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know I, I what's really interesting uh, in the whole book of Nehemiah is it really does build to this climactic moment in chapter eight yeah um, yeah everything is is moving towards that moment and I, I just had so much fun in the message playing with this scene. I, I really tried to uh, imagine myself in that moment, which is one of my favorite ways to read the scriptures. Uh, there's a, a saint that I reference often named St. Ignatius. He was a 15th century Spanish Christian. And um, he was the one who really kind of popularized this idea of, hey, read the story and read it over and over again, and then try to imagine yourself in that scene. And what do you notice? What do you see? You know. And chapter 8, there's this big moment where Ezra, who's, who's the religious scholar, mm-hmm. Nehemiah is more of a governor guy. He's not technically like a, he, did, he wasn't trained as a religious professional. Hmm. I remember he's a cupbearer, and, yeah. and he's in charge of the checkbook for the king. So he's got different skills. But So it's Nehemiah and Ezra, and they're both there. And everybody, for everybody who's anybody, has gathered in this big square. Um, and it's almost like the grand opening moment. And the first thing that happens is Ezra comes out and he reads the entire book of the law, the whole thing. And it actually says that, like it took them half the day to get through it. Right? I mean, it says that in chapter eight. They, the audiobook. They, they stand the audio there. Book. Yeah. Wow. And I just thought about, you know, I didn't grow up in church, but I hear stories of people who did and just have, you know, these, these torturous, boring stories. Yeah. I mean, you, you had it pretty easy comparatively, right? So, yeah. so yeah, there's this powerful one. So that first thing is I tried to draw out, I think we can fairly say that one of the things the book of Nehemiah is suggesting is that God's word is at the center of the with God life. Mm. And, and, um, and that, that's part of what I was trying to draw out in that first thing. Well, and how do we, you know, begin to appropriate that kind of appropriate that kind of theme in our own life, where you know they had a place to gather, you know, a, a, you talk about the ribbon cutting ceremony, yeah, you know, that's, right, this, that's right. And so they had that space; they had somebody who could read it to them. What does it look like for now um, when we're in our homes most of the times, or with only around our families or close friends, mm-hmm. where our, our normal daily rhythms isn't to gather around and listen to scripture being read by. Mm. A yeah. scholar. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, I'm right, just a person right. who right. who knows how to read. You know, I, I, I'm literate, but I'm not a scholar yeah, of, right. of the Bible or even you know, certain verses. How do we do that in our own lives with our own families? Well, I, you know, it's great. I, I shared in the sermon the story of a, of a, a dad um, who, who told me just last week that this is something he's been doing with his family during the pandemic season. And, um, you know, he said they just get together 
for 15 minutes and they, they read a passage and they talk about it. And yeah, I think one of the things that um, contemporary Christianity has done a great job of is helped us know that reading scripture on our own is an important part of our mm. faith. And we've done, a, the church has done a really good job of, of kind of, everybody knows that, right? Yeah, read about right. it, read about it. Yeah. The, the problem is, some I think sometimes there comes along with that an extra pressure that I'm supposed to get something out of it every time I do so. Yeah, yeah. And and we put this extra burden on it, like I'm going to sit down, and because it's God's Word, I'm supposed to have this amazing application that I immediately walk away with. Revelation every time you every open time, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I just don't, at least in my life, that's not how the Scriptures always work. Hmm. And so I, I think, Caesar, to your point, um, I don't think you have to be a scholar to do this. I think sometimes it's just sitting with a passage, reading it aloud, maybe, you know, uh, sitting with your spouse or with your roommate or with your kids and read, and you just, what do we notice here? What stands out to us? And the belief is that slowly over time, God's word has a power in and of itself that does a kind of work in us. Yeah. We don't always have to pull out this amazing application every time we sit. There. Yeah, man, that's so good to hear. I, I even as someone that's followed Jesus for a long time, I'm thinking now how I put that pressure on myself when I open the Bible, and I can remember I can trace this back to being you know a, a young Christian in college and being really into college ministry and my my fellowship group there and going on retreats and everyone's like, well, you should journal. You got to sit down with your Bible and journal yeah. <laughs> and just see what your the word is telling you right now. And I'm sitting there outside and. Page four of yeah. journal. <laughs> I got I got nothing. I'm sitting here starting to write song lyrics about yeah. the trees and stuff. And it's like, there we go. There we go. I maybe this is God talking, maybe not. But I'm gonna write it down because I got nothing else to write. Oh, and how freeing can it be just to to hear that that God's word can just be a companion. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to. It's a we believe there is power in the book, right? Mm-hmm. There's power for our lives. But it doesn't always have to be a, a lightning bolt. It can be that still small voice that we see God be a lot of the times too. Yeah, uh, most often in my life, when the God's word has had a powerful impact, it's usually later. Yeah, it's it's when something will happen in my life in a moment, and I'm going to say my brain or possibly the Holy Spirit yeah, or yeah. both right, right. <laughs> makes a connection. The Holy Spirit made your brain make the well, connection. There's yeah. a connection that happens. Yeah. I go, oh, this thing I'm experiencing right now makes me remember that thing I read three weeks ago. Right. And then I go back and I pull that ba- passage back out and I look at it again and I say, God, what do you what do you have? What's the connection mm. here? What are you wanting me to see or notice? Rather than God's word speaking in its own kind of little vacuum. Does that difference make sense? Yeah, yeah. How, how does the frequency help, you know, with that, being able to, like, uh, remember even what you read three weeks ago. There's certain mm. things I don't remember three weeks ago, but it's probably going to be something that I maybe I'm dwelling on yeah. multiple days. Like, yeah. I tend to remember, you know, the other podcasts I'm listening to three weeks ago or the YouTube videos I was, you know. Yeah. That's mm. because I watch a lot of YouTube and I listen to a lot of podcasts. So how does reading God's Word more frequently help that without it being an expectation, right? Yeah. Like we just said... We're kind of told, read your Bible every day, like it's a chore. But how does, you know, the, the frequency of increasing the frequency of just exposing yourself to God's Word help with being able to connect with it more often? 
Yeah. Well, and Aaron, you use a word in the second point, second of the four things that we can do to practice up mm-hmm. our relationship with God, mm-hmm. which is which is rhythm. And I think that's a word we could probably apply to all yeah. four. That's right. That there needs to be this rhythm of being in God's Word or rhythm of worship, prayer and fasting, and all the other ones yeah. that, that we're not going to see the fruit of until it becomes a rhythm, yeah. you know, until it becomes regular. And I think that's that's so good. Yeah, and to Caesar's point, you know that you know that that's just true, right? And I, I'm I'm thinking uh, back about like when I was playing little league, and and all the times that you hear in when you're school age and beyond even that practice makes perfect. Like this is not something that we're gonna sit down and just immediately. Well, even to your point, Aaron, you know, it's not there's not necessarily an immediate effect that we feel from doing these things day yeah, one, yeah. but. Like the old adage says, practice makes perfect. And we have to practice. It's not necessarily going to come naturally to us in our busy daily lives, in the lives that we've busied ourselves. So we have to practice those things, right? I was was thinking when you mentioned that, you know, I I opened this message with a little story about um, my own experience with working out and exercise this this last year, you know. And and you guys have heard me joke about this a ton because it's been a big part of my life this last year. Yeah. And... um, but I remember I'd been going to the gym for like three days. And I remember I resisted as long as I could. But after three days, I got on the scale in my bathroom. And I was just sure yeah. I was going to see this amazing transformation. Of course, nothing. Right? Yeah, you gained two pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, true story, true story. And, and some there are some folks who are part of our community that work out with me. And so they, they, they'll remember this moment. But I, one of my big things was being able to do uh, pull-ups. I've always wanted to be able to do pull-ups. And yeah. that, pull-ups take a lot of strength. Yeah, yeah, I've never yeah, had. yeah. And so my goal was to get to what they call five unbroken pull-ups, strict pull-ups. That means you're not kicking or hoisting. You're, you're literally, I'm, I'm showing you guys in the room, the people in the podcast. <laughs> it, it, it looks real pretty. <laughs> it looks real pretty. <laughs> He's instantly soaked in sweat. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I remember for months building towards this, and um, this is pre-COVID. Yeah. And I, I remember the day I was like, I, I wonder if I'm there yet. And I, I, I tried. I was probably two or three months into it. I tried, and I got three unbroken. I was like almost to my f- goal of five, which felt huge to me, right? Yeah. And so there is that sense. Caesar, exactly what you're talking about. This is true of anything in our life. Yeah, yeah. Regular rhythms is how we are formed and grow over time. And yeah. that's going to be true with prayer. That's going to be true with worship. That's going to be true with God's Word. And I think that's a big holdup for a lot of people. A lot of people feel like, I don't know anything about the Bible. Well, that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to know everything about the pick, pick one of the Gospels or pick a, pick a section that you're going to get to know because that's the work for you to do in this season. Yeah, yeah. I see this as a as a true as a as a dad too. I see this when thinking about telling my two year old son. I I often get frustrated when when that I, you know I need to correct him about something or like he's acting out and you know fusses. He's a perfect angel baby and never does those things. But let's hypothetically think that he does. Um, but yeah, and so I think, well, why is he why is he not listening or why is he not obeying when I ask him to do something? It's like, well, he hasn't. You're just now telling him and correcting the behavior, right? You're just now starting to practice that rhythm of what, you know, an obedient kid looks like. And so I've seen that in him. And just, even just a few days, it's like, okay, bud, remember we, we talked about this. What, 
what are you supposed to do and you say please or thank you know all those little things we try to teach our kids and and yeah it's just it's just amazing to see how often we can just forget that things take work yeah. <laughs> it takes practice yeah. right yeah well, I, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now because uh, i'm going to butcher the quote but there's that famous chess chesterton quote maybe you guys have heard this before it says something to the effect of uh most people give up on christianity uh, not because it's untrue, but because it's untried. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and there's something really powerful in that, right? There's, yeah. and our our listeners will somebody on on the podcast can correct me with the actual version of that, but <laughs> it's it that's really true. You know, there's what what we're talking about, what we're exploring with this upward dimension of the Christian life. The, yeah. The with God part is. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people think it is supposed to be a light switch. Yeah. And yeah. the reality is, is this is. The with God life, we grow in that. We grow in that experience with these regular practices. Mm. Worship on Sundays, right? That's a, yeah. the regularity yeah. of that begins to bear fruit. Um, regular, consistent times of reading God's word. Regular, consistent times of prayer. And, and you, you gotta be careful. You don't uh, load onto yourself, as Jesus would say, these extra heavy burdens. Yeah. But yeah. but but pick something that's sustainable for you. If yeah. if you can. Read God's Word for five minutes um, every day during your lunch break. Then read for five minutes. Mm. Uh, th- this isn't something we do to earn God's love. or It's not yeah. a box we're checking so we can feel better about ourselves. It's just, hey, God, I, I want to give you five minutes right now of undivided attention. I'm just going to I'm just gonna read here. Yeah. I'm do this for a month, and then I'm going to reflect. What am I noticing about myself? What am I noticing about God through this mm habit this practice that's so good i i want us to speak to quickly though if we can just the extra challenge we have in this second thing we can do to practice the with god life this regular rhythms of worship and uh what what would we say to someone listening who really has just wanted to get involved with the regular rhythms of worship but with life shutting down here in 2020 and 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 year of corona um how could we encourage those listening to to practice that when church looks very different than it did last year or even for the last hundred years? Gosh, that's such a good question. Uh, Caesar, you've been for us as a church really on the leading side. People might not know that, but you've been the one really um, curating and, and making our church online experience happen. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I see the love and care and energy that goes into making that um, what, what would you say to that how can people best engage in that in this season yeah I'm I mean when Nathan was bringing that up as he was asking that question I, you mentioned this kind of as we don't have these spaces you know to gather anymore yeah um, I think I've, I've both been lucky enough to you know be able to lead the team that still somehow attempts to create a space whether it's virtual it's virtual of course right now um but um but the challenge is still the same in the sense that we have to ask i think as a team um and now i'm kind of trying to ask the same similar questions myself outside of what i do at the church but it's just what what do what's what's something new that i want to create with other people um Mm. that helps us just focus on god a little bit more um and um, 
it's been it's been fun doing that with the team but how it applies more specifically in my personal kind of life and how I try to do that um, I'm now waking up earlier than I've ever had before in COVID um, partly because my wife now who's a teacher has to wake up yep. really yep. early yep. you know mm -hmm. to get ready for online school but rather than sleep in I've decided just to wake up with her good for you um, yeah man which is really hard yeah <laughs> it's really hard to do because I had you know the first the first few days I had no rhythms of, of waking up early and unless it was to go to something um, mm. and so I decided to just say all right I'm gonna wake up at I don't, I don't even remember how early we wake up because it's such a blur at that moment but yeah, I, it's I, dark it's yeah, probably it's still dark. dark it's still dark outside <laughs> um, and I can't no one else is awake for me to like email or yeah. things like that um, but I sit in the side we have a, another extra room and I sit in there and I just start to read my bible that's um, so good and I start to just write down a couple of my thoughts Nathan brought up journaling I don't know if I journal as much as I just at that early in the morning I'm just kind of writing a sentence or two it's like cave drawings yeah, it's it's like, like, <laughs> drawing. and I'm just, I can't see yeah I'm just asking God what what do you want me to hear today mm, that's so good um, and that's a really easy prayer for me at that time of the day but honestly any time of the day what do you want me to hear um, and if if I feel like he's really saying something clearly then it really wakes me up which is really exciting but when it feels a little silent I'm like okay well that I, I did it I it's like I open myself up to it and I, and I believe that God is in those moments but sometimes he doesn't have to tell me anything mm -hmm. sometimes we can just sit together mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I try to imagine I'm a very visual person and I try to imagine you know God with me you talk about the with God life well, yeah. it's hard to do that yeah. with God <laughs> this yeah. Like oh, yeah, yeah. with you is really hard I think for me and maybe other people too to feel like that's a real thing so I just, just decided to believe it and sit sit on my couch and sometimes I will physically remove myself from a single seat like a, a chair to a couch so that it feels like God could yeah. sit with me oh wow yeah exactly yeah. that's awesome so embodying some of that has been really helpful um, but I tell it with the tech team too I'm like hey you are producing something where God is going to exist in um, wow. not in such vague terms always right but I say hey God's going to be here and the camera shots that you get, the, the 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 words of the lyrics that we put up there, all those are spaces where God's going to exist, and, uh, and I make it very spiritual because it because it, it is that's yeah, so it's good. Right. So often, yeah, we can and even in the way that we're talking about these things as practices as things we have to do to go and be with God. How much of this is actually just making room for God to be with us yeah. and actually flipping that? And Nathan, when uh, that that when you ask the question, how do we engage? You know, it's there's nothing new under the sun. This, the, the Christian writers and deep spiritual thinkers throughout the centuries, I mean, all the way back to the desert fathers and mothers, uh, fourth and fifth century, uh, they, they all say the same thing, that it's really about the gift of our attention, mm. that, that the single most important factor is our, our awareness and our attentiveness to God. And so, you know, I think there is something sacred and special um, about when God's people gather on a Sunday, either in person or virtually, that we, we there is something collectively sacred about that. Mm. But the great gift of Jesus is that we can stop at any moment or every moment in mm. our life and become aware of God with us. 
because he is. That's what Jesus promised. He said, look, if you believe in me, my father and I, we're going to come and make our home in you. And then Paul picks up, again, this is all the way full circle now. He's, Paul says, do you not know that your body is a temple? Yeah. So the same stuff we were talking about a few minutes ago. And that God now dwells in you. Ooh, that's... Yeah. If that's really true, then it doesn't matter where I am. I can be on a bus. I can be in a field. I can be in a doctor's office, lobby. I can stop and I can become aware of God with me. I can give God my attention. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is very, very silly. Sorry to... Wonderful point. Well, before I move on, <laughs> take but us there, take us we there. almost need to. Yeah. I was thinking, silly time and thing. Then yeah, well, it's almost like a, I'm reminded of a, of green eggs and ham, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like, when can you be with God? Well, yeah. you could be with Him on a train. You could get with Him on a plane. It's like, uh, that, but that's really true. We joke about that, but it's you know, it's true that there are moments. I have a, I have a wonderful book, and if you're interested, you, you can find it uh, for sale online. But I got this book. Uh, a number of years ago at a conference called Every Moment Holy. Yes. And the book, um, it's cool because it's it's pointed uh, intentional prayers for the strange moments in our lives. They have they have a liturgy and a prayer to read for the changing of diapers. They have a liturgy and the, a prayer to read for the beginning of a, a purposeful gathering and many, many more. And I, the language of these prayers is beautiful and worth the price of admission in and of itself, but I think there's a greater arc to what the book is trying to be, which is just um, a notification that every moment of your life can be a purposeful, prayerful moment. And that's so good. Um, that's so good. Paul talks about, he talks about uh, Christ redeeming all of creation. Mm-hmm. And that's something I try to like think about every now and again, and those, like what you talk about in those everyday moments, like... Not diapers. No. I think this so. This idea that there's this, so, much of, so much of our lived experience is kind of mundane yeah. and almost purposeless um, yeah. in some ways um, and almost, you know, almost chore-like, right, burdensome. Um, yeah. But there's this idea that I've, I've really tried to focus on kind of the similar vein that you're talking about, like inch. Praying while you're changing diapers, prayer while you're mm-hmm. sitting at a stoplight, or I think I've read some of those ones. That yeah. Just so what you would pray this moment? Yes. But it, one it, ones for gardening. There's one. I mean, it's all right. sorts of stuff. But, yeah. You know that, that prayer, the giving your attention to God. I, I've I've heard of different definitions of prayer, and maybe that's another one to add. Mm. Is the just giving my attention to God? Mm. Um, sometimes I don't have to say anything, but sometimes I'm just introducing myself again to him yep um kind of like if you're sitting with a friend and you've been friends for such a long time where you almost don't have to say anything you just know that you're just good with just being around each other um i, I hope that someday um soon i get to that place with god where i can just feel like ah, i don't have to really say anything to him i can just be glad that he's with me yeah and be open to that yeah well i you know uh i was thinking a lot about our church in this uh, in this series, there's a prayer that I've been using for for years now, but it has um, I've been most disciplined with it, and it's uh, and it's been most life giving to me during this pandemic. And it's mm. something called the prayer of examine. And uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will have heard of it before. Maybe you guys have heard of it before, but it, um, it's really a prayer of reflection in that very thing. Uh, in fact, uh, listeners can't see, but I brought um, a little journal I, I recently picked up called The Grace I Seek, and, it, and all it is is it's a, it's a daily prayer of examine. 
Mm. And uh, you, I spend about five to seven minutes in the morning, and I spend three to five minutes at night. So if you're doing the math, that's anywhere between eight and 12 minutes cumulative, right? <laughs> so, um, but the morning prayer is simply this. I start by just making myself aware that God's with me, and then I reflect on these questions. Uh, what am I thankful for this morning? And I'll actually write down something. I'm not a big journaler, but I'll write a phrase or a sentence. Mm. Um, what are the challenges I might face today? Mm. And then what's lacking in my heart right now? Wow. And so I'll, 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 I'll name those things. And then here's the, here's the really gift question for the morning. What's the grace I'm seeking from God today? Like wow. What's the one grace I'm, I'm asking him for today? So then I'll enter my day, and, and simply starting with that prayer of examine helps make me more cognizant, or more aware of God throughout the day, right? I'm kind yeah. Of, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm just that much more aware of Him. And then in the evening, I'll take three to five minutes, uh, usually after the kids go to bed, sometimes just maybe right when I get home from work or whatever, and I'll reflect on these two questions. Um, what was today's high, high moment, and what was today's low moment and then did did I experience the grace I was seeking from God that day mm. and and that's is been, that a, is that the answer to that question always yes whether we <laughs> whether we recognize it or not I guess theologically <laughs> speaking it's always yes uh, yeah how would you define that grace that's that's a word I don't use very often yeah what, what, well what the word that? grace in, in in the Greek in in the New Testament simply means gift mm. the charis. The it's actually where we get the word uh, charisma from, or charismata, right? It's this, um, the spiritual gifts have that as their root word as well, but charis. Um, in fact, we have a high schooler in our uh, oh, yeah. youth group whose name is charis, mm -hmm. means, means grace. So it, it really is the gift, the wow. undeserved, unmerited favor of God. What's the, what gift uh, do, do I, am I asking from God for today? Can you and give so, us a couple of examples oh, of, sure. of, of, yeah. of some of those gifts? Like, are they ever tangible? Like, I'm, I'm curious because when I think of a gift, I sometimes think of, like, I don't know, a, a discount. Yeah. <laughs> a a coupon, coupon code. Yeah. I yeah. yeah so some, are they your personality, like your personality based on that? I'm just curious. Well, it's funny. I, I, I'm feeling rather exposed right now. Well, yeah, I'm well, through my journal. You brought it up. You brought it up. to show us any, like, deep stuff, but. Well, here, here, so this is a good example. So this is from... Let the new Star Wars movie be good. Yeah, that's that right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there, this, this one was from uh, July 10th, and I was actually on a, on a prayer retreat um, uh, for, for five days. And it was just a, a, a solo retreat that I went and did this summer. And here's the grace I asked for that day. I said, uh, God, would you help me to stay in the sweetness of this connection I feel with you? Mm. And to desire to pursue you more. So I was asking God to grow my desire, right? Like I, God works through our desires a lot, um, and and I see that theme often here. It's from another day later that week. Um, God, would you give me the desire to trust you and release to you my worry? Hmm. So apparently that day uh, I could go back, but apparently I was carrying some anxiety and worries that day, and so the grace I needed was help with my worry, but. But for whatever reason, rather than just saying, God, would you take away my worry? What I asked for was, would you give, 
give me the desire to trust you more. Mm. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we uh, as we wrap up here, um, what what's kind of a, a main takeaway? There are four takeaways, four things, yeah. we, and we we skip the most fun one, yes. the feasting and celebration. Oh, we we kind of skipped that. over oh, that one. Wow, why did we miss? Well, we it's pretty been, self-explanatory, yeah, though. I think. Right, that's right. I had a buddy who grew up grew up in uh, grew up in a church setting where you know you just didn't ever talk about that. And yeah. when he, he later became a pastor. He said, "When I was a kid, they hid those parts of the Bible." From me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, podcast listeners. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. No, God wants us to, to celebrate. Well, I actually have an answer to this question. What's okay. the one takeaway? Okay, and, yeah. And here yeah. it is. Yep. Pick one thing and do that. Okay. Even though we talked about four things, right? The, the, in fact, this is another famous saying by that Ignatius guy mentioned. He, he says in prayer, he says, if you have a prayer, that, uh, a prayer habit that's working for you, Keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, when it eventually stops working, then try something else. Yeah, yeah. He, it, there, this spiritual life is a very practical life, and there are seasons and things. So I would encourage our listeners, what as you heard us talk about those things, which one of those had, had the greatest pull for you? Mm. And if, if you're like, gosh, I, I don't know, as they were talking about reading the Scripture, I thought, man, I, I, might, I might like to do that. Well then, hey, find find a plan. There's plenty of things online. Um, the U Version Bible app is just wonderful. It's yeah. a very simple, helpful tool. Lots of reading. Just just pick something and try it. Yeah. If if it's prayer, that prayer of examine that I mentioned, you know, write down those questions. Get a little journal. Maybe try that for for a week or two or three, and, and just see. But do do something. Don't don't do nothing. Right. <laughs> And, and don't make it hard on yourself. Pick one thing, maybe two. Yeah, Do some I, I'll take the time to plug an app that I use that I love called Soul Time. Um, that uh, it's eight bucks, but I think it's absolutely worth it because it gives you a reminder every morning to spend five to seven minutes mm. at the beginning of each day with uh, thoughtful uh, prayer and contemplative, um, you know, scripture readings and some background music and worship and stuff. And it, it's been awesome. And it's just so nice to have my phone remind me as much as we don't want to, we probably should ignore our phones more throughout the day. Uh, it's nice to, to get this little, Hey, take, take a deep breath and spend some time. So look up soul time. That's been a great tool for me too. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, Nathan, I think it'd be worth noting, you know, we're, we're going to come back at the end of this series and um, we're, we're going to take the up in and out and we're going to put them all together. And so when we get to that week, we'll, uh, uh, I'm going to offer just some other additional tools that I think might, might help then. So that's a little teaser for a future podcast, but um, stay tuned. Awesome. Well, I want to thank my guests this week, uh, Pastor Aaron Gibson and Cesar Guerrero, for joining us for Tell Us More. Thanks, guys. No problem. That's all the time we have for this episode. Join us next time when we ask our pastors and speakers to tell us more. Marty! <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so hard not to laugh.